Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Weekly Strategies for Success, and I have an incredible guest for, me, for you tonight. Her name is Michelle Clower. She is the president and CEO of Consults Business Solutions, a company focusing on, as the tag, tagline says, making good people better. She specializes in executive and individual coaching, strategic planning, direct hire, and resume service. She has over 15 years of experience helping employers secure top talent and assisting individuals identify core competencies, which lead to maximum results. Michelle has an innate desire to inspire others to be all that they can be, be the best that they can be, and to become empowered by their own abilities. She is also involved in many nonprofit organizations, volunteers within her community, and is also the co-owner of Sassy Shirts, a women's support and empowerment organization dedicated to celebrating women and promoting sassitude. I'm sorry. Our topic tonight, are you still seeking employment? Welcome, Michelle. I'm so happy to have you on the show with me. Thank you. Uh, I, I certainly appreciate being a guest on your show, Robbie. With the current state of employment, there are countless people looking for jobs. I know countless myself who are looking to change jobs. You assist them to increase their odds for desired secured employment, as well as helping both individuals and employers find the right employment placement for the right individual as correct placement helps ensure the longevity and the efficiency of a position. And I know that this is a passion of yours. So what are the all the services that Consult Business Solutions offers, including individual and executive services? Well, um, as you mentioned, my, my true passion really is um, to inspire individuals, both from an organizational standpoint, so when I service businesses, I keep the focus on the people. And then when I am uh, doing individualized consulting, be it for career development as well as resume rewrites, again, I focus on the person in that instance. Um, career coaching uh, would include anything from role-playing, interview skills, uh, especially in this technological age, a lot of the preliminary screening is done by phone. So gone are the days where you get that face-to-face. I make sure that people are comfortable both in face-to-face interviews, but in this case, uh, telephone interviews because that's the first point of contact. So making sure that they are comfortable as well as confident with their interviewing skills. Then um, making sure that their resume is truly the best representation of them because your resume is, in fact, your calling card. So you want to make sure that it properly represents you and it captures what you can offer the employer because whether they come out and ask it directly, that is what they want to know, what you can do for them and why they should hire you. So I help individuals uh, maximize those capabilities. Now, when I consult with companies, again, I help them remember that without their people, they are nothing. And that is inclusive of making sure that they identify top 
talent and that they maximize existing talent. You know, a lot of times employers make the huge mistake of letting their employees stagnate. They forget to put the focus on their growth and development. And I remind them that in order for their business to grow, they can never afford to take the focus off their people. Wow, that yeah, that, that you sure offer them a lot. I I know that people make a lot of mistakes on doing resumes. So what are the common some of the common mistakes made? I know this is probably something that it, you know a lot of people think that they cover, um, but believe it or not, it's it's typos. And I know that there are, you know, capabilities to do spell check, but I, in defense of people who make that common mistake, sometimes it will correct it incorrectly. So I tell people to not only visually go through their resume, but have another set of eyes look at it just to make absolutely sure that not only are the words spelled right, but it's in the right tense. For example, some people speak in present and or past tense inappropriately. Like, for example, if you are still currently employed, you would speak in current tense. So it's like, I do, not I did, for example. Um, okay. So that's interesting. typos. And then um, they, lack, they lack substance. The resumes lack substance. They're more focused on tasks. They lack accomplishments and achievements, and they don't directly and clearly articulate what this person can do based on the position they are applying for. If you are applying for a marketing position and all of your information speaks to production, for example, and it doesn't showcase and highlight your marketing skills, then you're not going to capture the the attention of your your audience. So, um, lacking substance and making sure that it's in alignment with the position that you are applying for, those are the two main resume killers, as I call them. Well, isn't it true that one resume doesn't fit? It's not like you can have one canned resume for every job you're applying for. Sometimes you have to tweak it to make it fit what they're looking for versus just send what you have, right? You are absolutely correct, but I'll take it a step further. If you are tweaking it too much, then that may be a cue to you that you are going after something that you are not in alignment with. Oh, that's good. That's good advice. Um. Also, another thing when we're talking about resumes, before we move on to the next uh, question, if somebody is, like, mature and they worked a lot of years, should they drop off some of their experience, you know, say they have 25 years' experience, and yet they've had really power jobs in those 25 years, should they drop some of that off? Because I know that in today's world they, they can't ask you about their age, but if they see all of that experience and it goes back to a period they can pretty much calculate. Well, I, again, my a little unique, uh, Robbie, because the first thing I tell people in career coaching and in preparation for interviewing is do not apologize for your experience. 
the the employer that will, for lack of a better word, discriminate against you is going to find a way to do that. So even if you massage your resume, if they see you visually and that is and and that is their shortfall, and I stress that's their shortfall. If they make a decision based on your age, then uh, removing relevant experiences is not going to help. What I what I encourage candidates to do is to a not apologize for their experience and to actually leverage it. In this economy right now, employers need as much bang for the buck as they can get. Sell and celebrate the fact that you have experience. You don't have to train me. You don't have to worry about the level of professional maturity a more seasoned professional is going to bring to the table. Point those things out. So they can sense if you are apologetic for your uh, experience or not, and I challenge people with not apologizing for it. Yeah, well, that's good because sometimes that's why I think people need somebody like you because a lot of times when they're trying to do it themselves, a lot of the companies have people screening the applicants and then narrowing them down, and a lot of times they don't have the expertise to really know who is the best applicant. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, that's why, you know, making sure that the resume has substance, make sure it focuses on what they need for the person that they are seeking to do. Make sure that your, your resume clearly says, I can do that. So if your resume lacks substance that's relative to the position that they are trying to fill, again, things like how many years, it becomes moot. You want to make sure that you highlight that experience as it relates to what they are looking for. Uh huh. That's that's great advice. Um, what are um, how do those mistakes that we talked about affect how an employer views a resume? Well, um, I'm going to be blunt here, Robbie. Based on the volume, it will maybe stay in their hands five minutes and from their hands to whatever disposal unit of choice they they choose, that is where it will end up. If you have 500 people applying for a job, you simply do not have time to try to decipher through either a weak resume or one filled with grammatical errors, be it tense or typos. So, um you know, I, I recruited directly and still do uh, for quite a number of years, and I create two piles, the ones that I, you know, the one that I must go through and the pile that I will revisit. The most important uh, part of the resume is that summary at the top. It should be powerful. It should introduce who you are, what you did, and how it relates to what you can do for them. Before you dive into details visually of a resume, um, I look at that, I read that, and I make a decision. If I'm going to go back to that resume, that goes in the other pile. The only other pile that I keep, Robbie, is the one that I will discard. Wow, that's good. That's good advice. So, how important is a cover letter? And what what really should be in that cover letter? 
this may surprise some people. Again, it comes down to volume. Most cover letters do not, they're, they're not read. They're not. I, I will, and if any recruiter tells you that they are, they're, they're not being honest. The fact of the matter is, if you have 500 candidates, you simply don't have time to do that. I may get back to that on the tail end, so in direct response to your question, it's only as important as your resume impressing me so that you stay in that pile that I will revisit. I see. Well, I, that's good to know because that's less work for the person. They can put more time in putting that resume together and making sure everything's right. Absolutely. And that is where I would tell people to, to concentrate their focus because with or without a cover letter, if that resume does not captivate your audience, the, the, the cover letter won't be read. How does someone determine their salaries worth and should – They'd be afraid of asking for it. Women are really bad about, you know, asking for what they're worth for some reason. I don't know why. But, you know, so I think we need to help work with them to help them even understand that they're just as worthy as a gentleman applying for the same job. Absolutely. And there's a wealth of information out there, Robbie. So really there's, there's not an excuse for uh, ignorance, so to speak. You have websites like salary.com where you can put region-specific information in there and job title, and it will give you an idea of what the going rate is for the position you are applying for. And then, you know, I, I, I agree with you that women don't know their worth, but a lot of people in general don't. Start at the basics. You know what you need to live. You know what you need to live. And, 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 and this is inclusive of seasoned professional as well as college students. Try to negotiate a salary that will allow you to pay your bills and pay back your loans. I mean, what good is it if, if by the time you pay your loans, you're two steps from being homeless, but you're working 40 hours a week? You have to request what you need to live, and who knows that better than you. So don't be afraid to ask for not just what you think your work, but what you know you need to live. That is your work. That's your ability to keep food on your table and to keep yourself, uh, you know, enclosed in shelter. So um, it's, it's really, really important that if you need to get an idea of what the going rate in your market is, that you familiarize yourself with the going rate and then negotiate from there. Also keep in mind how many years of experience you have because for every year that could make a substantial difference in what you negotiate. And on that note, if I can add, in addition to just salary, Bear in mind that you can negotiate other things like vacation time, for example. Don't just focus on monetary. Time is money, so maybe you can't get that additional ten grand, but you can negotiate another week worth of salary. Be creative. I like that. Uh, what was that place they go again to compare? It, uh, you gave them it. One of the popular ones is salary dot. Calm. Okay, great. Um, mm -hmm. What is an, what is an entor, uh, important tip for applicants when meeting for an interview? And are those meeting for interviews happening a lot now, or are they not? 
Well, um, they they absolutely happen. Fewer fewer candidates get to that phase because, again, due to the tremendous response, they have to scale it down to a manageable number. Um, but when you get that interview, actually before you get that interview, you want to make sure that you familiarize yourself with the organization, look them up, have an idea what they do, um, you know, so that you can ask intelligent questions in the interview and or impress them with what you know about their organization. Have confidence. Confidence is king. If you are somewhat shy, Practice looking at yourself in the mirror, asking and answering, or have someone ask you common interview questions and answer them. Look in the mirror. See what you look like answering those questions. That is what you will look like to your interviewer. But confidence is king. If you have the skills and the ability, you have the right to that job. Whether or not they choose you for it, of course, you, you can't determine that. But go in there with a sense of knowing that you have a right to get it. Well, that's good. Are they, have you, are, have they, are they doing any of those video interviews? I somebody that says one job they did, they, they did it on Skype um, and did a video interview. Are those happening more or less? Well, for organizations that's trying to save costs with uh, flying a candidate, to their corporate office to interview in person. They do set up, I mean, I have a couple of clients that I have arranged Skype interviews. So it is becoming more common so that companies can save on uh, traveling expenses to have a candidate fly to their location. Typically when the candidate is local, that's rare. I see. Well, and I think that experience, that uh, that information you gave them about practicing would help them in that frame also because when you're on, you know, the Internet, it's another, you know, it's, you're not just sitting in front of someone. So that's another, by practicing with someone to see how you're doing, I think that's a great idea for them. Oh, and one other tip when you're doing sky calls, Sit back a little bit. Your head looks ten times bigger if you're too close to the <laughs> to the camera. So I I uh, instruct people to make sure you're sitting back just a little bit, sitting up straight. You should dress, of course, from the top up. You should make sure that you are uh, presenting professionally. Just because it's Skype doesn't mean you should be in your T-shirt and your shorts. Dress as you would if you were in person, but sit back a little. If your if your laptop is on your table, for example, sit you know push the chair back a little bit from the table so they can take more of you in and not just your head. Right. Um, what are your experiences with online job post postings and your interaction with you know applicants? Because I understand well, many many people are sending resumes and they're becoming very frustrated when they don't hear back. And I know that you have a you just go one more step and do more than most people do. So I'd like to hear about that. What why these these things are you know people are not getting responses from people. Um, again, and I know I sound like a broken record. It's due to volume more times than not. A lot of companies 
either have internal recruiters and or they use a third-party vendor to do their recruiting for them. A lot of them hire me to uh, do the recruiting for them because they simply cannot interrupt their business flow to process through the hundreds of resumes. I mean, on average, for every posting, you have 300-plus responses. So it can become overwhelming quickly. What I generally do with my postings is I first and foremost set up a pre-screen. I ask questions that will screen out candidates and tell them that if they do not pass that phase, or, or I should say when they pass that phase, they can expect an immediate callback. So that's an indicator, okay, you passed phase one. I wish I could sit here and say to you, all 300 people that send a resume receive a response. Sometimes that's impossible, but if you have a, a uh, pre-screen that advises them that this is the preliminary first step, and if you are successful at this juncture, you will receive a call in which I will schedule you for the phone screen. Then a phone screen ensues. If they are successful at that level, of course, they would be uh, communicated again, communicated with again, so that we could take it a step further with the employer. But at that phase, my professional commitment to them is if you are not successful at that pre-screen phase, you are advised then that you are not successful. So it's not a wait-and-see game. I let you know, unfortunately, based on your responses, you know, you do not qualify to continue further in this process. So, again, there's a sense of knowing. Any candidate that goes before one of my employers, whether they are accepted or not, I follow up with each of them to let them know that another candidate was selected. I think that's common courtesy. That's good because then they're not sitting there, am I going to get the call back or not? Absolutely. And, and from, the, from the onset, they know that if they don't receive a contact after receiving or, excuse me, after completing the phone screen, or excuse me, the questionnaire, it's because they weren't successful at that level. So it answers that question for them. And I try to inform candidates every step of the way so that they are not just left hanging out there. I, I try not to forget that once I was in their shoes. Right. Well, that's great. That's sets you up ahead of all the other people because a lot of people don't take the time to do that. What are some of the online job posting sites or types of job postings that applicants should trust or be cautious of in your experience? Well, I think using any of the majors, like, of course, uh, Monster, Career Builders, uh, they, in order to receive payment from posters, they make sure that it is a legitimate business, if you will. I would tell people to be a little careful with Craigslist. Now, there are a lot of a lot of employers, mostly staffing agencies, that will use Craigslist to post positions. Um, but I would be careful. Um, that rule about not applying to confidential employers. I would say don't ex don't exercise that role because 
some employers post confidentially because it's a high position and they don't want the person that they're trying to replace to know that they're trying to replace them. So that old advice that says, oh, well, if, it's, if the company is confidential, don't bother, that may, that may be a mistake. I've actually posted confidentially for some employers. And also, some employers post confidentially because they don't want people walking in. They're simply not set up to accommodate walk-ins. So if you stick with the major, the major sites and or go directly to a company site, and apply with them directly, you're, you're pretty safe. Wow, that's good. Yeah, I, I know Craigslist would kind of scare me, I think, to look for jobs if I was looking for others. You know, you just never know. And I think if it's a, if it's a great job, they're going to want to, the companies are going to want to have somebody like you going through the applicants so that they get the best. So that is really good. Um, what are some advantages of a business employer hiring a consultant such as Consult Business Solutions to find suitable candidates for a position, direct hire? Well, because this is my area of expertise, I have a more current pulse, a more current pulse on the population, and I free them up to focus on their core business. Run your business. I'll take care of identifying your talent. Now, and I do work very closely with my clients. I go to their site. Even if I have a, a client in another state, I will actually fly to their place of business so that I can tour the facility and familiarize myself with the culture because that's really important. It's more than just the position you're going to sit in. It's the people you're going to work with as well as the people you're going to work for. I do not recruit for a company that I have never interfaced with directly. So, right. you know, if an employer somewhere in France, if they want to, you know, have me fly out there, I'll be more than happy to. But I do have restrictions on on what I am able to accommodate for that reason because I must be able to provide all applicants a realistic job preview. I want to say I met this person. That's important to me. Oh, that's good. How and when does an individual determine when, that it's time to contact a career coach or an executive coach such as Consult Business Solutions? If they have, most of my clientele are individuals who have been adversely affected by uh, the current state of the economy, and, you know, they are more seasoned professionals. So if you've been with an organization 15, 20 years, you've been out of the loop on both interviewing as well as resume writing. Right. So say the bulk of, of my clients are more seasoned professionals, anything from VPs to uh, administrative assistants because they they have not had to interview in, in quite a while. Also, um, if you have been actively seeking employment for three months and you're not getting any interest, you might want to have an objective party uh, have a look at your resume because um, it's, it is uncommon 
to not get any interest at all for three months. Even if it's a rejection letter, that's different from no interest at all. Right. So it could be their resume. It could be their style of interviewing. It could be a lot of things, and and you could help them through that. Let me ask you this. You do help uh, if somebody lives in another state. You actually help people all over, so it doesn't matter if they're looking for a job where they're at. Is that true? Yes, that is true, and the career coaching can take place regardless because it's telephonic, and for those who I want to, uh, you know, if it's a behavioral interview portion, because there are services, different services or different focal areas that a client may may want my assistance with. For those who need practice, with face-to-face interviews, for example, I have set up Skype conferences. So regardless of, of where you're located, I can assist because it is done uh, via telephone. Okay, Michelle, let's, if we're getting down to less than 50 seconds to go through. Tell them how they can get a hold of you. Well, they can call either call toll-free. It's one 800 339 0791 or go to my website which is www.consults.com that's consults with a K K O N S like Sam U L T S and I'll be more than happy to assist them and on your website is your email there if they want to email you yes mclower at consults.com it's M-C-L-O-W-E-R at consults.com. Well, it, we've been listening to Michelle Clower, who is the president and CEO of Consult Business Solutions, who is absolutely incredible, and she's given us some great tips. In fact, I, I am going to send out this radio show to quite a few people I know looking for a job so that they can uh, certainly get some of your great advice. It's been wonderful having you here, and um I look forward to getting to know you better in the future. I thank you, Robbie. It truly was my my pleasure. And I want to, on behalf of your audience, thank you for putting together a forum that's aimed at assisting others. Thank you. It's my passion as it is yours. Thank you again. You've been listening to Diva Strategies for Success, where every week, We have a dynamic guest, just like we did today with Michelle Clower. Next week, I have Janet Lancaster, who's going to talk about working towards freedom, escaping corporate America for entrepreneurship. So those will be good guests because we can also tell them if they're looking to get a job and not into entrepreneurship, then we can send them back to you, Michelle. So have a great (laughs) evening, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Bye now. Thanks, Bobby. Bye-bye.